0: If you would
1: like to join a community of like-minded agency owners and scale your business while doing so, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call to explore options on how we can help you scale your agency. What is good agency owners have a really fucking great conversation for you today. have old client. Old friend, one of my homies, like I fucking love this guy with all my heart. Uh, we got Sam Lister, founder of Blank Slate Media. He has since sold Blank Slate Media. We're gonna be talking about that on the pod. And he's the founder of Honey Wax, which if you're looking on video, you could see it in the background. <laughs> Sam, bro, what's good, man? I'm so happy I finally got a hold of you. I feel, I feel like you're harder than ever to reach now that
0: you're ironically post sale of the business. What's good? How are you? I totally am. My phone's on Do Not Disturb 24-7. I don't really respond to many people. I suck at texting back, but uh, I have so much love for you and I've missed talking to you and seeing your beautiful face. So I'm so stoked to talk to you today and uh, catch up. For those of you guys that don't know, usually I ask the client, for those of them, people
1: who don't know Sam, what do you got to tell them? I'm actually going to do the reverse. I'm going to tell a quick overview. So Sam is was a client of F. he went through the whole process sold his business moved to denver started living the dream and right I, sam i really do believe you're the epitome of like what Adef is all about like build a business that doesn't need a doesn't need you to work in it but you built and you pursued you truly did pursue your dream like you're snowboarding a fuck ton, you're living somewhere in denver next to a lake right and you're hitting the mountains all the time like you actually fucking embodied it so now we'll turn the tables for those of the the listeners that don't know you, what's the overview? Let's go like overview of you. What do they got to know about you, what you're up to today, what you've been up to?
0: Yeah, my name's Sam. Started Blank Slate Media day before I turned 19. October 2nd, 2018. Started off as a in-person videography. Did that for about two years. Kind of built in-person side of business doing um, like in-person events, studio shoots, stuff like that. Then pandemic hit, that all got shut down within a month. And then in March of 2020, that's when I pivoted to remote video editing. So essentially shifted the whole company direction and started building out a remote video editing team. And that's kind of when we we linked up and I kind of just started building the remote video editing process and building the team and systems and processes in place. And. I knew I wanted to sell that version of the business eventually. I had no idea how long that would take or kind of, I did not really have a monetary figure in mind, but I knew like I wanted to build a company that could run and grow and scale without me. And that's kind of what I focused on from 2020 through kind of 2022, later half of 2022 few different things to to cover in there but long story short I sold the majority of the business in uh, fall of fall of 2022 and now I run a snowboard and skate wax company with my little brother and snowboard for a living and get to get to just live this life and truly just pursue kind of what I want to do and AF and like this whole journey has been such such a crazy quick process that it's hard to process everything. It's hard to understand everything and how fast everything went and happened. So I'm excited to reflect on that um today and because I, I don't do it enough and I haven't done it in a in a public setting yet. So
1: and here's a quick reflection that's coming up. I remember when we were talking back whenever you had said I want to build this to sell. And just that was something foreign to me. I remember at the time thinking, you know, you shouldn't go into a company with the intention to to sell it. And that was Jordan's perspective at the time. That was just one way of looking at it. But I mean, you've proven that you can go into a company with the intention to build, to sell, right? Because I guess the thought process at the time is if you built a sell, you're always gonna be thinking about the exit. I mean, but look, look, you built it to the million dollar. Run rate, fucking peace. I'm out of here, motherfucker. So we're gonna go back a little bit. Let's just talk about the process of getting to a sale. Like there's a lot of shit. When we talk about systems and processes, obviously, you were super young. I mean, you still are relatively in the grand scheme of how long life is. You're still super young, except you're a 23-year-old founder who successfully exited his first business, right? You're a fucking megastar. What were some of the lessons that you learned on the journey of BlinkSlate around building a company, building systems, and building processes? What were the big takeaways that allowed you to build something that could have been sold?
0: yeah i think um everything compounds on one another so as i'm like building new businesses and stuff i realize how hard it is to build a business and i kind of forget about that and like forget about all the the beginning is so hard man oh my gosh it is but it's fun um and i guess that just plays into this game but when it comes to just systems and processes i guess i've always i've had that mindset of like i knew this was going to be a creative company and The biggest problem a lot of creatives face is like delegating their creative work, quote unquote, um, because they might not think someone else can replicate their style or an editor can't edit as good as them or film as good as them or whatever, I guess that like almost limiting belief is like. I didn't really have that at the start because I wasn't a creative to start. It was a creative company. It was a videography company, but I wasn't a core videographer at heart. I liked the game of business and I liked building companies. And I knew I could learn the creative side of things because I already was interested in the business side of things. So that allowed me to kind of put my founder's cap on really from like, metaphoric day one of like early 2019 that's when I started kind of building the team around me and that is something I just like kept doing as we as we grew like I knew that I wasn't going to be the best editor I wasn't going to be the best filmer I wasn't going to be the best accountant but if I can put all of those people together and kind of uh, steer them towards a uh, collective vision like that's how you grow a company and that's how I can grow and scale without you so that's what I did it's, you just need to like piece together and like break parts of your business into different sectors, whether that's sales, marketing, outreach, finance, X, Y, and Z. If you can find the, the right people to put into those areas, that allows you as a founder to free up a lot of your time, a lot of mental energy, a lot of mental space. I think that's something a lot of people don't talk about is how taxing it is mentally to run companies and run businesses and stuff. And the mental clarity you get, if you can delegate tasks to people you trust and are better than you at those tasks, it's blissful. It's amazing. Um, that's yeah. kind of how I go about And I'm processes. in a real quick process. Like
1: I'm having flashes of what happened. So like I'll, I'll quickly summarize in the weeds of what happened. Right. So came up with the offer, came up with a position, came up with figuring out how to get leads. And then it was like, how do we retain and grow our clients? So it was really about building the workflow of when we sign a deal, what are all the things we need to do to keep them, to keep them happy, right? It was really a customer success point in your business, right? So when you have several touch points, you delegate a bunch of shit off your plate that drains your energy. So we looked at your time. We're like, Sam, what's, what are you enjoying? What are you not enjoying? What are you good at? What are you not good at? Let's get the shit that you don't enjoy. You're not good at, or or you're mediocre at, or that just drains you, but you're good at off your plate. We brought someone in, we brought a, part, a COO into the business, Zach B who ended up becoming part of my business, which is a whole whole different story. He took over the things that really didn't help you. So this is what you were talking about with delegating. We built the customer success journey um, and you went out and just continued to go figure out how to get clients. You guys built out a customer success process that the film, the process was right really crushing because video editing at the end of the day, it's like pretty straightforward, right? You upload your video to the portal, We'll edit it. We'll send it back. Bada bing, bada boom. Simple enough. And the big kicker I remember was you figuring out how to use TikTok ads to grow your business, which is unique because no one, I don't know if any of our clients have done that to the extent that you had success with it. And so like you'd systemize the company and that was like a quick between our two conversations, <laughs> right? You systematize this company, you were able to retain clients longer Ops is good. You get shit off your plate, and now it's like, I need to go sell and get more deals. How the fuck did TikTok ads come to be, and like, how did it work? Like, cause I know it worked really well. Like, it took you to a million dollar run rate, right? So it was a huge success.
0: Yeah, totally. It was kind of a wild journey. So that was kind of like phase. Fa- I don't know how many phases I'm gonna break this into, but phase one was definitely like building out all the infrastructure to be able to run and handle scale and handle an influx of clients. So once we were at that point, because at that point we were just doing, we were getting all of our clients from outbound messaging, organic, um, just like conversations through the DMS. And I was just uh, going hard on Instagram DMs for hours a day. And that, that was a lot of our, our business at the start. And then once we, got kind of that infrastructure set, that's when I could start focusing on scale. And that's where paid ads come in. So we started running Instagram story ads. That's it. Not Instagram Reels, not Instagram feed, not Facebook, just Instagram stories and made specific creative for that. And that crushed. That did really well for the first probably month we ran it. And then we got thrown in uh, Facebook jail, meta jail. And uh, my personal ad account is still blocked and I can't like if my name's attached to any ad account that account gets blocked so like I got the honey wax one blocked already because my name's attached to it so it's like that's why we switched to to TikTok because it was like okay these paid ads are blocked we physically can't run these let's let's try TikTok and I knew the creative was going to be similar because it's just a similar attention platform. It's like everyone has roughly 10, 15 seconds uh, to consume content. So if you can create a compelling piece of creative in 10, 15, 20 seconds that explains your product and isn't too salesy, I knew that should crush and that's what we did. So we just we ran it and we tested and we iterated, brought on homie David to help run um, the TikTok ad side of things. And so what you need to do, you just need to iterate, you need to test. We I don't even know how many We ran a lot of creatives. Um, Some flops, some do really well, and you double down on the ones that do really well, and it's a constant kind of iteration process. It's never like a completed checkpoint of, okay, ads are turned on, we don't need to touch them anymore. You're constantly improving them, so that's just the process we did, and just slowly ramped up ad spend and stuff, and crushed.
1: Scaling your agency month over month is hard. You have to work on delivery and worry about retention and sales, appointments, managing your team, and so much more. I was able to grow a multi seven-figure business and remove myself completely from the day-to-day operation. If you want to do the same, I will show you the exact process I followed to hit the $2 million per year run rate and completely remove myself from the operation. If you want to build the dream business and live the life of your dreams, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash value. I will show you how to build a business that can grow and operate without needing you. Once again, this is eightfigureagency.co forward slash value, and I will give you my best training ever for free. We're obviously skipping a lot because i want to kind of get to the the more meaty shit but that grew you to the million dollar run rate then at a certain point you met i believe his name's connor yeah yep how did the sale conversation come about because i remember you hit me up and you're like yo dude i i wasn't even expecting this shit. it just kind of happened <laughs> um how did the sale conversation happen and then what did the actual sales process look like because so few people actually get acquired so no one knows how that shit actually goes down and i'd love to hear that
0: yeah and i don't think i really know how it goes down in a traditional (laughs) sense because i don't think this was like a trick like anyone i've talked to that like in my network that has either talked about an exit or has exited like it is such a lengthy intensive process to find buyers to find the the right sellers and platforms and like so many things I didn't experience any of that. It was so organic and so natural that I'm so blessed to, I guess, just be able to talk about the story. But uh, Connor, Connor, I had him on my podcast in like 2020. So we were like mutual LinkedIn friends. Like we, we didn't connect before that. After that, just doing our network, we connected a little bit. I was looking for a little bit of capital at the time because I just wanted to put more fuel on the fire of ad spend and like this is right as we're scaling. So it's like I I just wanted to grow faster. We didn't necessarily need capital, but I knew like if I just had more capital, I can grow this faster. So that's kind of when I was asking around. I think Zach was the one that asked Connor initially of like, hey, what's your recommendation? Obviously you're a finance dude, should we Take out business loans? Should we go out and get a line of credit? Like, what are the options out there? Because at that point, I was just like, "What's available?" I wasn't really gun ho on on anything. And at that point, he said he'd be interested in writing a check and coming onto the company, being a kind of a strategic investor advisor type role. And I didn't really have anyone like that in the company. I didn't have like an advisory board or anything. And I knew I wanted to sell it eventually. And I had no idea how to sell a company, but this is what Connor kind of specialized in selling small, small businesses. And Connor, for those of you
1: that don't know, he owns a portfolio of companies too. So this guy's someone who I've met too, and he's a great guy, right? But... This wasn't his first business he acquired too. So he, so Sam sold to a guy that's been done this before.
0: Yeah, and he's he's worked with a ton of other companies that have done this before. He runs a fractional CFO company, so he he understands the finance and back end of of all of this stuff. So one day in summer of 2022, I was talking to my accountant son, who is another homie of mine, and we were talking because he has another accounting company, and we kind of agreed like. Hey, our companies are just going to be like cash flowing companies right now. They're profitable. They're nice cash flow. It's nice, nice money in the bank. And it's pretty simple and straightforward to run. So we just had a random like catch up call. And we just both kind of like mutually agreed. Not that like we were making an agreement to each other, but like, Hey, we're just kicking the shit. Like, Hey, I don't think we'll sell a company. And then the call after that, maybe 15 minutes after I talked to Sutton, Connor had the call of like, yo I want to buy this whole thing and I'm like oh okay it just got really real really fast so I guess that's kind of when like we just started talking about and kind of negotiating deals and terms and um just kind of like pretty straightforward legal stuff and we kind of just agreed on everything and everything went pretty quick it it was kind of a few months process probably four months maybe Four or five uh, months from like start to finish, which I think is super quick. Maybe it was longer than that, but it seemed like four or five months, maybe six or seven. But it was, it was less than a year and everything just like went through. We kind of just set different checkpoints of like, hey, let's make sure. Obviously, Connor came in with uh, his partner, Steven, and that was their first business they bought together, which is kind of cool. So um, just a lot of kind of like going back and forth. I flew down to Dallas for a little bit with katie and we like chilled out in dallas for a while um and that's where they they both live so i got to meet them face to face and kind of talk over like future of the company and goals and that kind of side of the side of the conversation and one thing led to another and we got the deal done and everyone signed contracts and got Cash in hand did you sell for a, a lump sum or a
1: lump sum yeah. plus bio it was lump sum Oh, fuck. What was that like being 22 and having a lump sum sale?
0: It's kind of wild. And it's so I asked quite a bit of people around me that have sold multi-eight figure companies. And they're like, the only guarantee you have on a sale like this is a lump sum. Like take as much cash up front as possible. Like that was the kind of advice I was given because like, you never know what happens in the future if you have a five-year payout like what if the company goes under in year two then three years of payout has kind of gone through the roof yeah. the likelihood of that happening probably slim but it's always a possibility so they actually came to me we were going to do upfront price and then a buyout over i think it was like two year period or three year period and then they came actually came to me i was fine with that i agree on it was a good upfront chunk of change and good monthly kind of buyout at the at the end But then they changed. They're like, yo, we want to pay you all up front. I think it's going to be simpler. I don't think you wouldn't mind this. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't mind that. So let's, let's get it done. And we got it done. I got a wire and uh, called it a day. What was that like the moment you got the wire in your bank?
1: Like if you could reflect back on that, because I know the reason I'm asking, I want people to be able to visualize this for themselves. I want people to be able to put themselves in your shoes and picture that wire transfer going through and, Manifested for themselves. That's why I asked.
0: Yeah, it was obviously more money than I've ever seen in my life, all in one transaction. It was equally like the biggest moment of my life and the moment that it clicked that, like, this shit's a game. Money's a game. And like, I have now such a different perspective of like, making money and how to make money and like the abundance there is out there. Um, I think I've always had that like a pretty solid relationship with money for the most part when it comes to making it and holding on to it and investing and not being scared to use it. And it just allows me to go on the offense more. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, not gonna sit back and retire and sit on a beach and do nothing it's like i'm gonna invest all all of that into into building other companies it's just what i love to do it's just in my blood and it's definitely a double-edged sword but i just have way too much fun with it so it's just a moment of crazy realization and it felt didn't feel real called my parents facetimed them i actually have that on video somewhere
1: but i just recorded your facetime
0: Yep, I sat here in this Brilliant. chair and just looked at the transaction for a while and was like, fuck, I'm still just the same person with a little extra cash in my bank and uh we're here. Um, yeah, we're here.
1: Beautiful. Let's so, let's transition. You sold your company. Yeah. 22
0: 2022. 20,
1: There's two angles. Um you've been living the dream, man. I really do believe that and you know, my tagline on Twitter has Evolved to build the dream, not a prison, because so many people build a fucking prison for themselves and don't realize it. And I, I really do believe you've been building the dream since I've met you. And you've always, I think you've that's just been part of your DNA. What has it been like being rich, 23, snowboarding a fuck ton, enjoying your life, free as a bird, like,
0: how's that feel? Because, yeah, how's that feel, man? It's funny because it feels the exact same as when I was... 17 years old building snow parks work until 4am every Friday night while I was a senior in high school um, and just riding with the homies and like loving life. Like it's, it's wild how similar I feel while everything is different, but everything's the same at the same time. A lot of, a lot of contradictions there, but like, I'm just happy. I feel fulfilled. I love snowboarding. I love just living life and not needing to respond to anyone else or like listen to orders for anyone else. I realize I'm really, really bad at working for other people and having a boss or having like a, uh, an authority I need to report to. I suck at it and I've gotten amazing fucking opportunities and it's just not in my DNA. It's just not for me. I can't do it. So I'm just like enjoying building this next company and, taking everything i've learned from blank slate and agency life and putting it into my own company now it's just fun it's fulfilling i feel like a little kid again yeah. and i think that's something that i forgot i forgot how to be a kid again i started blank slate at 18 from 18 to 22 23 i pretty much worked every day on it that Didn't was college college.
1: That was, your yeah, college
0: that was my college so it's like i i forgot how to be a kid a little bit during that time. I started to snowboard a little bit more, but like that first year, two years, I didn't snowboard at all. And I say snowboarding because that, like that's my biggest passion. Like that's what just frees my mind. What's your
1: favorite slope? Quick detour, then we'll go back to this.
0: Ruby Hill in Denver. Ruby Ruby? Hill in Denver. It's 15 feet of vertical feet. There's no lifts. You just hike. There's a few features and it brings me back to old, uh, don't even
1: fucking know it, and I. Well, okay, what's your favorite mountain then?
0: Favorite mountain is Copper. So the okay. an actual cool. answer is is Copper. Uh, Keystone's awesome too, but I love the, the yeah, view on
1: top of Keystone. We did Keystone because Keystone obviously has a lot of blues, which my wife needed. But yeah, Keystone Copper. Keystone's awesome. It's close Keystone. too. It's really it's right by you. Like it's not a far drive for you to get to Keystone. So we got a few minutes left, and I. I'm sorry to detour that. I'm just. It's really funny to kind of fun for me to see where you're at living now. And obviously when we met, I think vir- when we met virtually, I was in Denver, but then I had just moved to LA. Quickly plug Honeywax. This is your new company that you're working on. What is Honeywax? How's it going? And if people are interested, how can they get on it?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a ski, snowboard, and skate, just culture company. We make all natural wax for the bases of skis and snowboards. Um, we'll do skate wax in the summer and BMX wax, but it's a company that just supports action sports and getting more people into, into action sports. So we have a studio division and it's called Honey Wax Studios and that will eventually turn into an action sports studio. So implementing everything I've learned with content and video and social, but so cool. that into action sports and snowboarding and nice. skating.
1: You're living in the best place for that. Are you? Are you getting it? Are you trying to get into any like the ski shops? I remember there's like Christie Sports. Is that the one?
0: That's... Yep, Christie Sports is good. We'll probably sell just straight to consumer, just all online, and then try to go get big contracts for big ski resorts. And that's kind of our back-end play.
1: Oh. And those are good people to know too, right? For sure. Awesome.
0: For sure. So, if people want to get in
1: to, get in on that honey wax game or just follow you, <laughs> where can they indulge in that?
0: easiest place is just type in sam.video online and all of my info pops up all my socials all the companies so that's the that's the website sam.video
1: it's been great to see you bro
0: i've missed you big time and i'm just so happy that you're
1: living your best life and i'm grateful that we were able to be a part of your journey for a little bit of it so guys uh sam's a real one one of my favorite people i've ever had the pleasure of knowing and working with and you know, his success story could be your success story. He is living the dream. And I think the biggest thing that I've loved about your journey, most importantly, is your lightheartedness and your, just your mental approach during the whole time. Right. It's, it's how I aspire to live. And I, you know, obviously we attract who we aspire to be. So dude, sending you love always grateful to see you, man. And uh, dude, have a great one. What is good agency honors. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are looking for support growing your agency and are not sure the best way to do that, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call where you will book a call with us and we will start our process to help you figure out what is the best way to grow your business. We're going to review your systems, add value, and help you understand a new model and system that you can start to build that is going to easily enable massive growth this year. Once again, that is eightfigureagency.co forward slash call, where we will help you scale your agency and add $10,000 in MRR per month. Cheers.